Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. Today's guest is Kathleen. We talk about how she was in this corporate job doing marketing and she just was thinking about, is this really setting my soul on fire? And she was realizing that her passion for dance was so much greater than her passion for her job. And she started to do these dance classes on the side. And then eventually she was able to leave her job, start her own Irish dancing school. And we go into that. And I love how she brought up this question of what sets your soul on fire, because this question has been coming up a lot, but I feel like it's the type of question that kind of makes you stop and think, like, does this job really set my soul on fire? Does this relationship really set my soul on fire? Is this the person I see myself with? It really makes you stop and like reflect. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Kathleen, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to know about your story, different career changes you've had. How did you get to the place you are now? Sure. Okay. So when I first started this journey, um, I really, to be honest, had no idea like what I wanted to do career-wise. I knew that I always wanted to end up like being, being an Irish dance teacher. I knew that was always like on my heart and I feel as an artist, as a dancer, I always wanted to share my passion with other people because, you know, as an artist, if you're not performing, if you're not out there, it's kind of like, what's the point, you know? But at the same time, I know it takes a while to get there. Like, it's so competitive, that world. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a nine to five job. And <laughs> because I have this creative side to me, I um, kind of fell into marketing, right? So um, I basically learned how to. So I basically got into corporate marketing and I learned how to build websites, email marketing, everything like that. And what was great about it, what I loved was I could be creative every single day and every single day was different, but it wasn't lighting me on fire. You know, it was paying the bills, but it wasn't where, um, what I was most passionate about and what, um, you know, what I saw myself doing for the rest of my life. So after about five years of that, I just kind of said, okay, this is enough. And I decided um, to really go all in on my dance school and see if I could really, you know, make it grow. I'm not getting any younger. And I felt like uh, there were certain signs that were pointing me in that direction. For instance, I started my school when I was 26. 
And the way I kind of started it was um, I started at a dance studio and I, I thought to myself, okay, if I started a studio and I'm on someone's payroll, I will be able to kind of learn from them and see what I like about it, you know, what they do. And then I can kind of take certain aspects of what I thought worked for their business and kind of bring that to my own school whenever that happens, right? And then I can also build a following. I started with that. I only had literally like 15 students. And I, I did build a following. And I guess after about, yeah, four years uh, with the studio, unfortunately, the owners uh, were closing. They were retiring. So that was kind of like the sign from the universe. Okay, uh, now's your time. You know, now's the time to go all in and start your own school. And this was really like the push that I needed because as you know, I've been wanting to do that for like such a long time. So I think that I kind of just listened to my gut and listened to all the signs that I was getting and saying, all right, now's the time. Let's do this. <laughs> and when you were transitioning from your corporate job to doing dancing full time, did you have any hesitancy? Did you have any limiting beliefs around that? How was that transition like for you? Oh my God. Yeah, definitely. So, well, I kind of got to to the point to be really honest where I, I just felt okay this enough is enough I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired you know in my corporate job and it just was not fulfilling and I was you know that saying where you're doing enough to get by like just enough so that they don't fire you, you know? <laughs> and I really was showing not showing up authentically and I I just didn't have I, I don't know. I just didn't have that fire to get out of the bed in the morning. And I just kind of ultimately thought to myself, like, why am I doing this? So I literally just one day up and quit. And I didn't, I, I wouldn't recommend this, you know, I would have some sort of backup, but maybe this is what I needed to just literally take that jump. Like I, I quit and I had no backup and I thought, okay, what am I going to do now? Now I really have all the cards on the table. Like there's no going back. So yeah, there was a lot of fear around that. And to be honest, at that time I hired a life coach because I felt I needed some sort of direction to kind of guide me and help me strategize on how I can go from just having 15 students to like doubling my numbers which was actually one of the greatest moves that I did was hiring a life coach slash business coach, because in that one year, uh, they really did help me get past a lot of my limiting beliefs, which were centered around, oh my God, you know, am I worthy of this? I had the experience to do this. Can I do this all on my own, uh, which is running the dance school, you know, on my own. And they really helped me to create some short-term goals as well as like a bigger vision for the long-term goal. And I really feel what came out of that was, yeah, I was propelled forward and I attracted all these students and I just doubled my numbers in a very short amount of time. So it was, it was definitely that push that I needed. Yeah. But I do, I do still struggle with, you know, limiting beliefs and I really feel that everyone in life should have a coach and you should constantly be working on yourself. And I feel that your business is only going to grow to the extent that you do. So I'm, I'm a big believer in constantly, you know, what's that saying is like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is crazy. So if something's not working for you, like right now, my business is kind of at a standstill with the way the economy is and everything that's going on, you know, right now in the world. So right now I'm trying to pivot my business and, and say, okay, how can I grow it, do it online? And now how can I create new opportunities out of this and be resourceful and follow a different way of thinking so that I can 
grow my business at a different kind of strategy or viewpoint. Are you going to start doing like virtual dance classes or Zoom classes? I actually already started that. Yeah, I started back in April. Uh, okay, uh, as an Irish dance teacher, I have to say that the whole month of March was just a total loss this year uh, with the whole quarantine COVID thing, unfortunately. You know, that's what we work for all year long is St. Patrick's Day, right? Like, that's where most of our shows happen and our performances. And we were all set to do several performances with Celtic Women, which is this huge uh, Irish touring act. They're singers and we were going to open for them. It was this big, big opportunity, like marketing wise, right? And we were going to go see Riverdance. This is me and my students and parents. We were going to go see Riverdance on Broadway. It's the first time they were coming back to New York City in years. And I felt like everything had come full circle, you know, when I first saw Riverdance as a child, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to show these kids like what changed my life, you know, and I was so excited. And they were even doing a, a backstage tour. We also just had just so many things to look forward to. And so unfortunately, when everything started closing down and, and you know, us, everybody, the whole world going on lockdown, it was not gonna lie, like I definitely <laughs> cried a couple of days, was very, very upset with the fact that we had worked so hard and none of these things that we had planned were coming to fruition. But then I thought to myself, okay, you know, this is life happening. And the only people that are going to grow out of this is, or um, are people that, you know, adapt and change to their environment. You know, that was one thing that my father always said actually growing up is just, it's the people that make it in this world, the people that adapt and keep going. Right. So I thought, okay, I see now other dance schools are, are going online. They're doing the Zoom classes. Obviously, this is what all the school teachers have to do. Like, this is the new normal. <laughs> so I thought, all right, let's give this a try. <laughs> and at first, I just kind of did a beta test, we'll say. And um, I got about half my students to sign up. Uh, not all are on board. Some of them, it, it just doesn't really work for the really little ones or, or just some you know, they, they, part of why they did the dancing in the first place was that social aspect. So for them, a lot of them have said to me, we're not going to go back until we're actually in person in the studio. Right. So, okay, that's fine. And I'm learning now what works and doesn't work. And it's definitely a learning experience, but I'm noticing more and more with these zoom classes that I get something out of it as much as the kids get out, you know, like I, I realized how much I miss my students and I miss creating and choreographing. And I think that um, having that, that sense of routine daily and having that being held accountable to your goals and, and the steps and progressing, I think that we all really needed that collectively in the dance school. So I think, yeah, there's, there's good things that came out of it. And then there's also some disappointments, obviously, but overall, I think right now it's going good. And I'm actually going to keep doing the dance, uh, the Zoom classes through September. I'm just going to follow here in Jersey what they're doing with the schools, which they're not opening back up until September. So, well, hopefully we'll see. <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at. And, and honestly, there are opportunities out of that, you know, now uh, more and more people are looking for things to do. And so I'm trying to now start an adult Irish dance class. So if anyone's interested, you know, um, and it'll all be obviously virtual and it might be probably about six weeks 
So yeah, that's, that's something that I never really did before. And that'll be interesting. Yeah. I feel like that's so interesting because you could open it up to the whole U.S. Like you can open it up yep. to everyone. You don't have to do it just in your city, which is incredible. Exactly. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I, are you going to continue doing it after September just so you can have another option for people or? Um, you know, I, I didn't really think about about that but that is actually something to think about that's another opportunity like you said um if i i think i would if i get some clients or uh customers that are out of the tri-state area yeah i i think i might still continue it with it i i do think it's a great resource for people that live far away like you said and i it's really an opportunity to yeah um tap into different target markets for sure that's so, cool. so, so awesome. And what does your class look like? Do you do like stretching together and then start dancing? What does the format look like? Um, sure. So the format for the Zoom classes, right? The online classes. So, okay. Um, I pretty much tried to structure it uh, very similar to when we were actually in the class in the studio because I, I didn't want my students to, like I wanted them to kind of come at it and know what to expect a little bit. And like I said, have that sense of normalcy and a little bit of routine. Um, so in the beginning, I'm, I'm big on stretching, you know, uh, they'll stretch beforehand and then they'll do warm ups. That way they get their heart rate up and they don't injure themselves. And then what I do is from there, because with step dancing, it's, it's a little bit different from ballet and tap and jazz where you're not doing this group choreography. You're doing it's solo dancing, which is actually something part of the reason why I love it so much, because instead of focusing on the group it's individual and it's basically what you put into it is what you're getting out how much practice you put into it that's going to be your results like when you go to a competition or whatnot so you really have no one else to blame but yourself if you're not progressing or doing well and so anyway so when we're in that online class structure i basically have the kids dance one at a time so that way also i can critique them and give them feedback and what i like to call constructive criticism (laughs) And then from there, I will try to break it up, say, okay, we're going to do another like drills. We do drills to really hone in on, you know, what they need to work on, say like a particular movement or, you know, they need to be like sharper with and and get higher off the ground for their jumps and whatnot. So then we'll do some drills and, and we'll just move through all the dances, which there's soft shoe dances, they call it and hard shoe dances. And then at the end, we do like cool down stretches. And with the little ones, um, I don't know, I try to make it a little bit fun for them at least. We'll do freeze dance <laughs> for like the last five minutes, which they now like ask me at the beginning of every online session. They're like, are we going to do online uh, freeze dance, you know? So they look forward to that now. And I, I also give... Um, I mean, I have ages literally from like three years old all the way up to um, 14. And so uh, the little ones, I give them some time when we first sign on to kind of share what's going on and, you know, connect with their friends and each other and say hello. So that, that's pretty much the structure of my classes. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you get into dance? Um, so I got into dancing uh, when I was very young at the age of five and um you know, like most girls, their their mothers sign them up for dance classes, which I'm so grateful that mine did because obviously it's been a big influence in my life and 
It's where I met most of my friends. So starting at five, I got into ballet and tap, you know, those like combo classes. <laughs> and then from there I did lyrical and, and different styles. But uh, yeah, when I was 12 years old, went into this city uh, with my mother and my grandmother and I saw Riverdance. And I, at this point was already pretty much bored and over ballet and watching Riverdance live just changed my life. And it was the most amazing experience. I, I was like, couldn't believe what I was seeing, you know, everybody dancing so fast and everyone dancing at the exact same time in this huge chorus line. I just thought it was great. So I remember saying to my mother at 12 years old, like, okay, I don't want to do ballet anymore. Like <laughs> sign up for that. You know, and the next, like the following fall she did, they found this local Irish American hall where my teacher had come from Ireland and she was teaching in the area. So that's kind of where I got my start and the rest is history. And I'm so grateful for uh, that day, basically. And how did you get into competing? So I got into competing mostly, yeah, with Irish dance. And there's, it, Irish dance kind of is like a world in itself. I mean, Riverdance really brought it to the forefront and made it cool, I guess, the Irish dance. And, and it wasn't just second third generation Irish Americans dancing uh now everybody wanted to do it and they're like you know what is this there was a huge influx of people signing up for Irish dance and there was also this big push like to do feshes which is what the in Irish the competitions so the way I got into it basically was my teacher once you reach a certain level they wanted you to go attend a fesh and from there you would kind of um dance up the ranks, you would have to place like either first, second or third in all your dances, soft shoe and hard shoe to move from beginner to intermediate to novice to champion and then or preliminary and then all the way up to champion. And so as you can imagine with so many levels and this is just at the local level because they have local feshes and then they have national and then they have the all Ireland's and then they have the world's. So when I say it's like a whole other world, it truly is. And, you know, once you get to those larger stages, it's so much more competitive. So I basically got into it and I myself am, am very competitive. So that's like drives me. And I thought, you know, this is great. I really love that after just learning my steps, sure, that's great. I mastered them, but, you know, it's also a lot of fun and it, it kind of drives me to get better when I'm competing against my colleagues, my peers, and other students. So yeah, so once I got that competitive bug in me, I thought, all right, that's it. I want to keep going to fashions. I want to get, you know, it was always my, <clears throat> my dream to get to Worlds. And any Irish dancer who's gone into the competitive, you know, route, they would tell you that that's always their goal, their end goal to get to all Ireland, to get to worlds. And it's so crazy because there's no like money in it. It's just all about the title and the prestige and the honor and just knowing that you've made it so far. I feel like what I've gotten out of competitive Irish dance is something that I could, that really trickles into other aspects of my life and that I've like taken so much from and utilized. Because like I said, it's a really an individual sport. And so it really, allows you to like hone in on what you need to work on and you become extremely driven, disciplined, and you always set these goals. And while other kids were out partying on the weekends, I was at Irish dance competitions and I, it, was, it got to the point where I was so into dance and being competitive that I was literally dancing six days a week 
And my dance teacher, she had a school, she had a school locally that was only 20 minutes away. But then uh, what they do is they like rent out space. They don't really have studios. Like this is the old school way of doing things. So, and they used to do this in Ireland. So they would like travel around, right? And they would go from place to place and teaching the steps. And so she was mostly based out of North Jersey, which most of her classes were about an hour away. So I would, no joke, one week I would be in my local dance class. And then like during the week after school, I would drive an hour to go to dance. Like if that's not dedication, I don't know what, it, you know, and I would have to carpool and we would go on Saturdays and Sundays all the way up like the turnpike near East Rutherford Giant Stadium. We, we'd have classes all the way up almost near New York. So many days out of the week, I was putting in so much work at such a young age, but I feel like that really kind of prepared me for real life in the real world. Yeah, it was great. I wouldn't change it. <laughs> What's your favorite part of teaching? My favorite part of teaching is, I guess, that reward that um, it is such a rewarding career. And what I really enjoy is seeing the look on like a student or child's face when they master a step and it just like clicks you know, because they, they have like such a sense of pride and accomplishment. And I remember feeling that way, you know, and it is, it's, it's, um, it's not an easy sport or art form to, to master. Like if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So once they get a step or a certain move that they've been working on for weeks and weeks, cause you know, I just say practice until it's muscle memory and you can't do it wrong. And it just becomes like, automatic the movement and so once it's finally like after they've been practicing for weeks and weeks and it finally clicks like just seeing the joy on their face and then wanting to show me over and over like how they got it down that really makes it all worthwhile and also I love that so many of them have shared with me over the years that oh you know Miss Kathleen because that's what they call me <laughs> They'll say, oh, uh, we went to, um, you know, we did a, a performance at a talent show or uh, we had a book, um, just we had a cultural event and we talked about Ireland and we talked about how we're Irish dancers and then we did a performance and I'm like, oh my God, that, that just warms my heart and lights me on fire because to me, that's what it's all about is giving back. And I think that for them now to go and share it with other people, that's the whole point of being an artist and being a teacher and being a dancer is, is sharing it with other people, just like with musicians and whatnot. I feel that anytime, just even the little things too, if they just write me like a little card, a lot of them will give me cards around Christmas or at the end of the year saying, thank you so much. And it could just be this little hand-drawn card or whatever. And that just <laughs> makes me like light up and, and it just really, then it reminds me, okay, even though, <laughs> There are days when I'm like, oh my God, I feel so tired and I just taught three hours of dance. But when you get something back, like that feedback, or you see that a child is so into the dancing and, and wants to be there and it's not just their parents pushing them and then they, they tell you themselves or, or you see this potential in them and, and they give you a hug or the, they say like, oh, Irish dance, like is my, I, I'm not doing anything else now, but dancing, they dance around the house. That, that's what really, you know, makes it worthwhile for me to be a teacher. So yeah. <laughs> and what's the biggest yeah. thing you've learned from your students? That's a great question. <laughs> so I guess, wow, that's, that's a really good question. I, I want to think about this a little bit, so I answer it. Um, 
correctly here. So I would say the biggest thing that I've learned from my students is learning to have patience with, with myself and, and learning to realize that everybody learns at their own pace and everybody learns differently. And there's a lot of times where as a, as a new teacher, as like a younger teacher compared to people that have been teaching now in the Irish dance world for 20 something years, right? I thought that I would have more of, I guess, more of a connection, but there are times even that I forget that I was once a beginner, right? Because sometimes I guess I get a little bit frustrated with them thinking, oh, why aren't they grasping this? Like, I guess I need to come at it a different way. And I guess they must feel my frustration. But one thing that I learned so much from them is just realizing, okay, no, like people learn differently and I have to realize like I was a beginner. And so then I have to kind of take, basically take, um, take a step back and break it down and I guess come at it with a little bit more patience. And I think also they've taught me a lot about perseverance and never giving up. Cause like I said, a lot of them, they're only seven and eight years old, some of them, but I see so much potential in them because yeah, they show me like how much they're going to persevere. Like they come back to class, they say, Oh, Miss Kathleen, look what I got. You know, look what I was able to accomplish. I got this step down. So from, from that perspective, from what they've taught me is just, I guess my love all over again, I learned my love for dance and why it is, why I do what I do. And so that I shouldn't be so hard on myself and I shouldn't be so hard on them. And I should really, I guess, just have more patience and really, yeah, persevere. What did your journey look like into personal development? Did you have any big shifts in your life where you're like, now I need to focus on this. I want to get into this more or is there anything like that? Yes, definitely. (laughs) So I would say all throughout my twenties, you know, I was very big into reading self-help books and I would set like little do lists and set goals for myself. But I think I was mostly more concerned about going out and having fun, being with my friends, whatnot. I wish that like if I could go back and tell my 20 year old self to be more focused and yes, yeah, still, I mean, it's good to have a balance, still go out and have fun and, and hang out with your friends. You know, you only, you only live once, but at the same time, like figure it out now, you know, like don't, don't waste so much time about caring about what other people think or what they think you should be doing. Right. So it took me a long time to realize that. And I guess when I turned 30 and I quit my corporate job, I did this whole like 360 total, <laughs> like changed everything in my life, let go of very toxic, unhealthy relationships. And I yeah, quit my corporate job and I just decided now it actually is time to be a little bit selfish. And instead of being a people pleaser, which I feel like I had done majority of my life, I thought, you know what? Nobody is going to give me the life that I want. It's got to come from inside. And so that's when I really dove deep into personal development. And it's funny when you start focusing on a certain thing or a goal and and looking for, I guess, avenues to get there, you start really seeing um, like it's, I don't know, the universe gives you signs and presents you with different opportunities and, and people just come into your life, like my life coach and, and they really, you know, get you to where you need to go a lot faster. And so 
that's that's something I definitely recommend to people is hire a coach, you know, hire a business coach if you want to learn more about a business or hire a life coach if you want to focus on all areas, not just business, but like relationships and finance and everything like that. So yeah, I can say that in the last three years, I've read way more books than I have in a really long time, listened to way more podcasts and really focused on myself and I guess turn inward and and been a little bit selfish, but in a good way, you know, because I feel like now I, when my cup is full, I can give to other people more and more. And that's what it's all about, you know, impacting other people and leaving a legacy with my business. And how did you stop being a people pleaser? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it took me a really, really long time to get to this point, but I think like I said, people come into your life for a reason. And, you know, I think everything that I've been through it has been has taught me and I've learned lessons from other people. And I think recently with all with the self development that I've been doing specifically recently, and um, I've been doing some meditation and I guess, journaling and affirmations and honing in on what it is that I want, I I started to set boundaries. So I started to set higher expectations for myself. And I started to just realize, you know, I'm, I don't have time for people that if they don't want to get to my level, and if, if they don't want to support me on my journey and, and be with me and grow as a person, then they can just fall by the wayside. And if they can't respect the boundaries that I've now set for myself, you know, that I didn't have in the past. And they might think, oh, you know, she's different now or whatnot. Um, then then they're not meant to be in my life anymore, you know? So I think it's all about, yeah, setting boundaries and having a higher set of expectations and standards so that I, you know, you don't fall into those old patterns of behavior of being a people pleaser. That's kind of what I've gathered and, and where I'm at and what I've learned over the years, yeah. Mm. And what is something that you're obsessed with right now? It could be anything. <laughs> okay. So something that I am obsessed with right now, I guess most likely would be podcasts. And, and um, I really draw a lot of inspiration from other entrepreneurial women or women in business. So I recently stumbled too on like Catherine Zakina's podcast, you know, Manifestation Babe. I love listening to her. I think she's great. And has a lot of great advice to offer. So I definitely recommend that. And do quit your day job. Uh, that's another good one. And I, I have yet to read their books, but I want to read their books. I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins and his documentary on Netflix, I think is great. So yeah, right now I've just really been, I've had a lot of free time. So I've been listening more and more to inspirational podcasts and I also really love Evan Carmichael's Top 10 Rules for Success on YouTube. If you want to just have like a quick thing that'll uplift you in the morning and it's great because he interviews celebrities and people that are highly successful and he basically breaks down like their top 10 rules for success and how they got there. So that's kind of what I've really been, you know, obsessed with lately. And what's something you're manifesting right now? So I feel right now that I'm manifesting new opportunities, for instance, being here with you right now. Um, and also manifesting just different people into my life and different people that inspire me and um, 
I, I also manifested a trip to Greece that I'll be going to next year. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited about that because I've been wanting to go to Greece for the last 10 years. And also, I just feel every day I, I practice gratitude. So I've noticed that when I do daily gratitude journaling and and being being more mindful of, um, I guess, my attitude and not being, you know, negative, I've manifested more positive things into my life, basically. And I've manifested more money recently, um, just networking more. So me yeah, again, just meeting new people. Um, so I would say those are the things that I've been manifesting, uh, new opportunities, new people, and just a new way of looking at things. Yeah. And what is something that most people don't know about you? That's a good question as well. I guess most people don't know about me is that I have ran a marathon before. Maybe they don't know. Uh, some people might know this about me, but yeah, uh, when I was 25, I ran the Philadelphia Marathon. Um, and all I could say is that, again, that looking back, whenever I had a fear that I couldn't do something, I thought to myself, okay, remember the time that you ran for four and a half hours straight? Like, I think you got this, you know, and you, you didn't die. You're still alive to tell the story of how, you know, you ran a marathon that was always on my bucket list. Um, to be honest, I, I don't know if I, I guess I would like to do another one, but it is so much, much training. Like you really need a whole year to train for it. Um, but I, I definitely draw strength from that experience and, and realizing, cause they always talk about, you know, as a, a long distance runner at one point that you like hit the wall, which is basically your mind saying, or your body saying, actually, um, why are you doing this? Like you need to stop now, <laughs> like self-preservation. Right. Uh, and it's all about your mindset and how it's really, if you're going to keep going, to like it's in the mind where you know you realize okay I'm gonna finish this I set a goal I'm going to complete this no matter what and you just kind of push past that like your body wants to give up but your mind's like no we're, we're gonna get there we're gonna make it we're not gonna give up and yes yeah, so now like I said anytime that I am struggling or feel like I can't do this I can't make it through whatever I'm going through at the time I kind of pull from that experience and, and utilize, yeah, the fact that I did run 26.2 miles one day. <laughs> so I'm not sure if a lot of people know that about me. And what's the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome? The biggest challenge that I've had to overcome would be probably struggling with self-doubt and feeling like I'm worthy of you know, having a successful Irish dance school and a business and knowing that I do have something to offer and not following the typical nine to five life path, you know, that my parents wanted for me and that, you know, a lot of people wanted for me because I have had some resistance come, in, come at me from my own family and they kind of look at me like, are you crazy? You know, why did you quit your corporate job? And what are you doing? <laughs> so I feel like if I didn't believe in myself, how are these other people going to believe in me? Because they're already, you know, criticizing and doubting because they didn't, they didn't see it for themselves and they didn't come from that background. They came from 
working middle class, like you get a job when you finish college and, and that's what you do. You just stay at one company for the rest of your life. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but that for me, I realized that path, that journey, that was not for me. And I still kind of struggle with coming up against that resistance, whether it's good families who have my best interests at heart, but it's, um, yeah, it's, Basically, I would say uh, self-doubt and realizing that no matter what anyone says, it's what you believe about yourself. And, and you are the only one who has total investment in your business and your goals and your dreams and your career. So just basically listen to your gut, listen to your heart and do what you believe is right. And then no one can stop you. And what'd you do when you felt that resistance from your family? Well, in the beginning, I kind of, I, I guess would listen to it, but at the same time, I am a very stubborn person. <laughs> so I think they noticed this about me and they realize this about me. So, and I have for a long time, someone tells me that I can't do something. It only makes me want to prove them wrong more and want to like prove my point and say, oh no, just watch, like, I will prove you wrong. And that just makes it so much more satisfying. But at the end of the day, I'm not, I've now gotten to a place in my life where it used to be, I guess, about my ego and and proving people wrong, right? But now I more have a bigger vision and it's more about giving back to the community, building a legacy and really enriching the lives of my students and, and our community with dance. And if you could go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? Oh my God, that's a good one. (laughs) So many things. Um, I guess it would be to, uh, I would tell myself to love yourself more and, you know, don't be so focused on what everyone else is doing. Like you have so many gifts and talents that you've been blessed and given with, uh, given that, you know, you should really just follow your heart, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition and don't try to be like everybody else, you know, do what you think is on your heart and what, you know, your life journey is about, like, stop comparing yourself to other people, because, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And I really feel like I spent so many years in my 20s, comparing myself to people that are, you know, on a completely different life journey. And I don't know what their life's about. I really they could have gone through some horrible things and I have no idea. I'm just seeing what they show on Facebook or what they want me to see, you know, the outside world. And honestly, when I look back, there's so many things that I, that I went through that I wouldn't change. I have no regrets. Like that got me to where I am. Yes. Like I had some really low points, but there were also some great times that I had. And I think it's just basically to, not waste so much time trying to please other people like we talked about and just really staying true to myself so that later on, like I am further along in my business or in my career of where I wanted to be rather than starting from scratch and having to, you know, do a whole 360 later. Like I could have been a lot further, but you know, hindsight's 2020. So that's what I would tell my 20 year old self. (laughs) And are there any questions that you wish I would have asked you? Um, no, I, I think you touched on uh, some a lot of great points. And I feel like, you know, um, I had, um, I hope that I offered some words of wisdom and tidbits to, you know, women in their 20s that are, are looking to 
start their own business or want to quit their corporate job and follow their passion and their dreams. And are, I just need that little bit of like inspiration or motivation and advice, you know, to get there. So I think you, you did a great job. So I thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy that I had this. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sophia. I'm so happy that I got to connect with you today and, and share my story. It was really like a privilege to be here. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And where can people connect with you? Sure. So if you want to uh, connect with me and, or if you want to take some adult Irish dance classes, uh, you can look me up online. Just Google Fitzgerald School of Irish Dance. And again, I'm based out in New Jersey. Um, so the website itself though is www.fitzgeralds, an S at the end of that, irishdance.com. Um, and um, I have the Fitzgerald School of Irish Dance. I have a, a Instagram account. I also have a Facebook business page. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or via the website and just reach out to me. And I would be happy to connect with anyone on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.